Praise the Lord. Is God good? Somebody told me all the time. <laughs> He's always good. Even when we're bad. He's still good. So good to be in the house of the Lord. We have um, uh, some visitors here that are from our old church at Life Change. Uh, Dennis and Lauren, they're great friends of mine. And I would like to just stand. We want to give a clap because they didn't get a chance. They weren't here for the first time visitors. So, <laughs> amen. Good people. I've, I've known Lauren for, I don't know, 30-some years. And Dennis for a long time. I actually married the couple, you know. And they're still married. So, hey, you know, doing pretty good. Praise the Lord. But um, it's just good. It's good to see family and friends and it's exciting to um, just see what God is doing here at Salem First. I'm excited today about this message today. I'm going to talk about the gift of giving. You know, remember um, we, uh, about a couple weeks ago I talked and we were talking about just believing God. We were talking about how um, uh, Elijah had this widow saying, hey, um, I, I want some water. And she said, fine. She's I'll give you some water, but I want some food, too. And she says, but we're ready to cook this food and die because our sources are running out. And he said, just do put, put God first and see what happens. And so what happened? The, the wine, the oil never ran out till the drought came. They had some food because they put the Lord first. There's something about putting God first, isn't there? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things are added to you. You say, Pastor Andrew, you're going to talk about giving and you're going to, are you going to take an offering? Guess what? I ain't even taking an offering. Because it's a gift of giving. So, you know, we, we were running through a uh, uh, little bit of financial difficulties. Um, we even had it in the bulletin. And I'm not used to putting those kind of things in the bulletin. But, you know, the church saw it. I was like, okay, whatever, you know. We trust God, believe God. And I don't know if you remember, but I had the church say this three times. I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. Do you remember saying that? Anybody? Raise your hand if you remember saying that. All right, we got some faith people in here. They said, I believe God. I don't see the picture, but I believe God. And that's what we have to do, believe God. So actually, I had a special board meeting after that because I was like, um, you know, for the finances because, you know, we're trying to figure out and do things and everything else and and there's so many different avenues you can go. And, and one thing, the worst thing in the world to do is, like, if you're in a crunch, start talking about tithes and how you, you know, the blessings and the curses. Man, come on. We're not doing that. We're just going to trust and believe God. So we called the meeting together. And um, it was a Tuesday night. And I thank the Lord that the board came out. I mean, and that was a blessing. And I just, you know, challenged them. I said, first of all, I believe that um, instead of putting things on the church, and start saying, you should pay more money, or you should do this and do that. I said, why not us as a team, because I already talked to the staff, and they agree. Why not us as a team, let's just pray and fast and see what God will do. Was that a novice idea? Well, now why don't we just pray and fast and see what God could do? And I gave them Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, because it's about giving. It's about when the church gets together, when the other body's in need, and when they give of their own free will, eagerly, enthusiastically. And uh, by the way, I'm trying to calm down. You know why? 
I, I actually pulled a, um, a nerve this last week, a sciatic nerve. Seriously, I'm not joking. Anybody ever had that done? It's very painful. It felt like uh, they took an ice pick and stabbed it in my um, hip. And I was moving around in the morning. I really looked my age. But for some reason, I'm doing better today. Take it easy, Andrew. We don't want to see you laying out on the couch. Who knows first aid? Come and help me. No. But um, so, and it was weird too, and this is off, off the message, but you know what? My, I was reading my Bible, and I'm in Genesis, and I happened to be reading Genesis 32, and guess what that was? Jacob wrestling with God, and he comes out with a, a hip injury. I'm like, God, is this a sign? Am I wrestling with you? And now I got a hip injury. Hopefully I come out with a new name. He ended up having a new name, and God blessed him, and he had a new place of altar of worship, and God just used him and, and did great things. And I was like, hopefully it's that, but I hope I'm not wrestling with you, Lord. I'm not trying to. But sometimes we got to just wrestle with the Lord. So anyway, in this, let's get back to the board meeting. So I was in the board meeting, and I told him, I said, look, I, you know, and tell them like this and not, I'm entreating, I'm not, because the board tells me what to do sometimes. You know that, right? They're like some strong people on that board. You got to, don't be messing with them. And so, um, but we work together good as a team, I think, very good. I'm very pleased with our board. Actually, I want our board to stand up right now. Let's stand up, board, that was there. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> These are powerful people. Loving, kind, powerful people, because they're working for us. They're working for Salem, and they're very smart, um, intelligent, thoughtful, and we want to be prayerful and everything else that happens. So I, so I suggested, let's read Corinthians 8 and 9, 2 Corinthians, and then also not only do that, but let's fast. And I was like, I know I'm kind of taking a gamble there, man, because... A lot of us don't like fasting, but guess what? Everybody said, let's do it. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's seek God. And I, and I was like, Lord, you are moving in a powerful way. Because look, when you get people to push the plate, that could be a move of God, I think. Because I don't know about you, it takes almost a move of God for me to push my plate and not eat. You know, because I, I don't know about you, but I like to eat. And so actually I challenged them to fast, and not only fast for that Wednesday, but we're going to be fasting for Wednesdays during this rough kind of time. Because summer is always a rough time about giving and everything else. So we want us to pay our tithes, do those things. But I'm going to talk about a different thing besides that. And one thing about it on Wednesday, this Wednesday when we fast, um, I'm, not, I'm not holding nobody because guess what? I might not fast. You know why? Fourth of July, man. I ain't even putting down those ribs. Come on now, barbecues. I mean, if God says do it, Andrew, I'll do it. But hey, I'll save it for Thursday or do it Tuesday. But I'm not doing it on 4th of July. I'm going to get my grub on. Because I go to my, my lovely wife's mom's and dad's house and they know how to throw it down. So we got to do it. But I'll, I'll keep in my mind, Lord, I should be fasting. I should be fasting. So... I wanted to go over this chapter because I wanted them to read it and I wanted us. And, I'm, and this is also a challenge for the body because not only us as leaders, and I think all the leaders in this church, but us just as a member should consider this about giving. 
And this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, and this is a New Living Translation, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. You know, sometimes you could be broke and you still could give, you know. You might be very poor. But they also were filled with abundant joy, which overflowed in rich generosity. I, I remember uh, one person was saying, you know, you know, that tithing stuff, it don't work in those, um, those other countries. And I, I talked to a, a pastor from India, and I said, and, and he actually told us about a story that there was a beggar that would beg on the street and ends up with pennies, pennies. And then what happens? He goes to church, he gets saved, and they tell him, pay tithes. He goes, I'm going to pay tithes on my pennies. He said, yeah, pay tithes on your pennies, 1%. You make a dime, pay a penny. And so he started doing it, and before you know it, God started prospering, and then before you know it, he prospered even more where he ended up starting buying merchandise and selling them. Now he has four people working for him. My hip is moving now. Four people working for him. Because he was faithful to God in his pennies. That's a whole nother sermon on tithes. But let's go to this uh, chapter uh, 8. So, so they, they gave rich, overflow with riches and giving. And then it says, for they are being, I'll make sure I'm on the same one. Uh, they are being tested by many troubles. And, okay, for they are, they, I can testify that the, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. That's the key, free will. You know, free will offerings in the Bible, um, they would, um, every once in a while, God would have them do free will offerings, and the people would do free will offerings. It's besides the vow. It's besides the, the offering, like uh, Pastor um, Gene was saying. It's besides the tithes and everything else. It's out of your free will you decide you want to give out you want to give out of your heart to give to the kingdom of god they gave their free will and it said that um uh, they gave it out of their free will and then verse 4 it says they be, they begged us again and again for the privilege, the privilege of sharing the gift for the believers in jerusalem they felt this was such an honor and such a blessing to give they were begging to be in the offering Man, how tight would that be? Get a few people back. Can I be a part of that? Give it. Please. I want to give so bad. Can you help me? Can you help me? Yeah, sure. Come on, get the basket out right now. But they knew there was something about the gift of giving. Not giving out grudgingly. Not giving because you're coerced. Not giving because the intense moment. But giving because God prompts in your heart. You say, man, I want to give to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. There's something about that. Even when we had our service last week and we, we blessed these missionaries, didn't we? And they were, they were powerful message talking about the treasures. How God takes from the dirt treasures and makes us treasures from our, for the way we used to live and that we gave an offering to him. And I felt like even on that offering, as we gave as a church, that was one of the most powerful parts of that whole service. Wasn't it? Just going up to those people who were touched so bad. And guess what? You guys gave good. Actually, you gave so good, you ought to give yourself a hand clap. Because it was very good. And we already paid our tithes and offerings. 
You just gave out of the heart. You've seen the need. You said, hey, these are kingdom people. I just want to give. Ain't nobody making me give. Ain't nobody telling me, give me a dollar, give me ten dollars. I've been to churches where they take three offerings in, the, in one service. I'm like, dang, bro, I gave it all on the first time. I ain't doing no more. But it's about giving out of your heart. And so this in verse 5, it says this. Next slide. I like the way that thing goes. It's pretty cool, man. My wife's making me look good again. Thank you, Cheryl. You're so kind and so thoughtful. She got to almost pull my teeth to do it, but, but she does it, and what a blessing. But check this out. Verse 5, it says, they even did more than we hoped. Because see, when God prompts in your heart, you don't have to beg, you don't have to coerce, because God, by his spirit, is saying, these are the people of God, this is the ministry of God, let's give. And they gave more. See, if we try and say, oh, you need to do this, you need to hit this line, and you got these charts and all that, sometimes that don't work. You get a certain amount, but it's not from the heart. Because when you give from the heart, it's the best gift in the world. And then look at this in verse 5. It says, for the first action was given to themselves, to the Lord. Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not an economist. I'm not a, a financial aid. I don't even have a lot of skills in some of those areas. But I know one thing. When I give myself to God. He could give me the wisdom and the ability to do exceedingly above what I'm trying to do. Am I right? You can shake your head if I'm right. Okay, it's all right. They gave, it says that the first thing they did is they gave themselves to the Lord. And then who'd they give themselves to? To us. To the kingdom. Because we're not just giving ourselves to you, Lord. But we know that the Lord wants to touch us, our community, the people around us, and generations to come. That is what God is looking for. Verse 6 says this. So we urge Titus, who encouraged us for giving first place, giving, giving in the first place, a return to encourage you to finish your ministry of giving. Because look, this offering was in a year in advance they were thinking about this offering. It wasn't just something that Oh, I'm compelled to do. They were thoughtful because they seen the church in need and they were willing to do it. And it was time lapse in between. They were very enthusiastic about it at first. So he says, let's keep this heart, this desire, this will to do it. In verse, in verse 8, I love this. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this. There's no command on none of us. There's not a really even a, um, like you need to do this. I believe that God is calling us to give so we could go to a different level of learning the gift of blessing. How many want to be blessed? You better all raise your hand because I know you do. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. There's something about having a heart of generosity makes you a candidate for blessings. Hallelujah. And it said that. He said, I'm not commanding you, but I'm testing you now, your general love, your genuine love with the eagerness of the other churches. Verse 9 says this, you know 
how generous the Lord was. Was the Lord generous? Yes, he was. Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sake, for your sake, he became poor, that through his poverty we could become, bada-bang, rich. Not just rich in wealth, not just rich with gold and diamonds, but rich in peace, in joy, in security, in prosperity, in destiny. That's what Jesus came to do. Hallelujah. And you think about Jesus. He left his richness. You know, even if, like, you know, Jesus was born in a manger, wasn't he? Born in a dirt barn. No room in the inn. The angels proclaimed and everything else. But he did not, well, he was born into poverty. But, you know, even if he was born into a mansion full of gold and diamonds and pearls and riches and all the wealth of the world, that wealth would be nothing but poverty compared to what he left for us. Amen. He did it for us because he loved us and he knew that without his righteousness, without his goodness, that we'd be lost without hope. Hallelujah. But he came and he took on the form of a man so that through his poverty we can become rich. Hallelujah. Andrew, you speaking of um, uh, uh, prosperity doctrine? No, not that kind. I'm thinking about being prosperous though. I don't think there's nothing wrong with God prospering you. Is there something wrong when God blesses you? Is there something wrong with God succeeding you in your job? Is there something wrong when God gives you a promotion? Is there? You know, promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west or from the north or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. That's what the Bible said. Come on, man. You might be sitting in that chair and the other guy deserves it, but God says, no, I'm going to raise him up. It's time now because I promote and I lay down, I bless when I want it. Hallelujah. And then verse 12 says this. Now, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. That word eagerly means willingness. In NIV, it says a willingness mind. Uh, King James, New King James says, with a willing mind. The gift isn't so much the amount, it's the willing mind. It's like, God, if you put this on my mind and my heart, I'm willing to bless whatever you tell me to do. I'm not going to go in debt. God don't want us to get your credit card out and just say, go in debt, trust that I gave it to God. No, God wants us to be wise stewards of our money. But God wants to be able to speak to every one of our hearts and say, give, and it shall be given. Shaken down, pressed together, and before you know it, people will be blessing you without even trying. Hallelujah. That's acceptable. If you give according to, uh, it says, and give according to what you have and not what you, what you don't have. Verse 13 says this. Of course, I don't mean uh, you give, uh, I don't mean you should be give, giving, should make it um, e uh, easier for others or hard for yourself. I only mean that you should give with some equality. What is the equality? The next verse talks about the equality. Here's the equality. Right now. Somebody say right now. Right now. Come on now. Right now, you have plenty. Amen. Some of us are so blessed we don't know what to do with it. Trust me. You ain't taking it to heaven because somebody else is going to get it. 
And then if the Antichrist comes around before you know it, he'll be spending that big old saving that you might have been saving. He said, right now, some of you are blessed right now. Hallelujah. He said, some of you are blessed right now and have plenty and can help those that are in need. And that's what it's about, helping. God didn't bless you so you could raise your bank account and send the numbers going off the charts. God blessed us so we could be a blessing to others. And somebody could say amen. You think you prospered because you could just look good? You think you prospered because you could put your swag on? Or you could tilt to the side or you could just walk? I'm prospering. Now God didn't prosper us that way. There's equality there. Because guess what? Sometimes even the riches of riches will be like an eagle. It'll go up and take off and you'll be broke the next day. Trust me, it can happen. God didn't prosper us so we could just bless ourselves and bless me for and no more. But he prospered those so he could help those who are in need. And then later, they will have plenty so and can share with you what you need. See, whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. If you're not sowing nothing, guess what? You ain't going to reap nothing. You'll be like, man, I'm in a debt, I'm in a trial, I'm in a drought, and ain't nobody blessing me. Guess what? Because while you were on your, your mountain, while you had the rivers flowing through your life, you, you were stingy and holding on to the things that God blessed you with. Say, Brother Andrew, Whose mail are you reading? I don't know. God doesn't, God doesn't raise in stingy Christians. He's raising people that are willing to give of themselves, give of their talents, give up their finances, and give everything for the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why I like Caleb and Christine. He had a job. Pretty good job. He get to go all around the community, be a blessing. You know, his boss, when he quit his job, his boss literally cried. He told us, he told the public, he said, I was crying because Caleb left. But I knew that the calling is far greater. Come on now. Doing things for the kingdom is better than anything we could do. Because it's about his kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's about his kingdom. Hallelujah. He says, right now you have plenty and you can share with the ones you need. In this way, this is where it becomes equal. There's a balance. Sometimes God just blesses. I don't know why. You just get blessed. It's like you find a $50 on the ground. You know, one time I lost my, my, my phone, my iPhone. I, I was giving my grandson a ride um, on my motorcycle. I set my phone on my wife's car, and she went down 214, which is um, no, around 14 in Washington. And, she, and I called her. I said, I went, had to go home because I didn't have a phone. Had to go home and I said, do you know where my phone is? She goes, well, I heard something go across my window, but I didn't know what that was. I was like, what? And so what I did is, uh, I, I, what I did is I start from where, where she got on the freeway and I just started walking down the freeway looking for that dang phone. Those things that cost a lot of money, don't they? I'm like, look at everywhere. Before you know it, I found a $50 bill. I was like, what? Let me keep looking. I found another $50 bill. I found about like $116. And 
And I said, sweet, this is mine. Ain't nobody's name on it. Then I said, uh-oh, there's a wallet. That means they got a name on it. That means it could be their money. So I picked it up. It was, had a name. I called them up. They said, you found that wallet? We looked and searched. We gave up. We got a new idea and everything. So was there money? And I said, yeah, there was about like $116. And he says, well, you can keep a little bit. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of it, but I'm going to come to the restaurant and pick up my wallet. Go to the restaurant. And by the time he got there, God spoke to him. And guess what? Ching, 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 ching. All the money came to me. But out of heaven, God wants us to bless us. Out of heaven, he can bless us on the freeway while we're looking for a broken iPhone. Come on now. Because God is a God of grace and mercy, and he can bless at us any time. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 15, as the scripture says, those who gather a lot had nothing left over, but those who gather little had enough. In other words, if you trust God, sometimes there'll be a gathering. You might not end up with a lot, but then when you're in need because you've been blessing, you, could, you won't have a lot, but it'll be a lot because God will make it stretch. You ever feel like God stretches your stuff? I know, like, when I get a flat tire, I'm like, did I pay tithes this week? Thinking, oh, no, yeah, I did. But sometimes he'll, it seems like the gas goes longer. The heat bill isn't as big. It seems like things don't break down that bad. But things start working out better because God's able to do above what we are. So let's go to chapter 9. You know, what's funny is that this, this uh, you, you you talk about giving, and I'm talking about the gift of giving. I'm not talking about, and I'm not taking an offering. I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking an offering. If you want to bless, that's fine, but I ain't taking no offering whatsoever because this is about us being blessed for being givers. There's a blessing to give. And check this out. In those two chapters, he talks 47 different verses about giving. And some people say, you should never talk about giving. 47 verses? Try and memorize those verses. That's a lot of verses. So Paul, in chapter 9, verse 5, it says this. So I, I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me and to make sure the gift, uh, the gift you promise is ready. Because they've talked about it a year before. And I want it to be a willing gift. A free will gift. One that comes from your heart. One that it's just God lays on me. A willing gift. He says, I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Look, if you want to come up and you want to bless or you want to bless the church and you do it like this. <clears throat> keep your wallet. Seriously, keep your wallet. You're missing out on the blessing. You're missing out on the whole message. But if you want to, you want to say, this is an opportunity where God taught me to give. Watch out, my hip is going to get in, in check right now. You could go like this, yeah, Woo, I'm giving to the Lord, praise God. You could do it with joy. You guys looking at me like he's crazy, man. I thought he was bad. Do you know this is my one-year celebration today? Come on. I remember when I first preached my first message, a lady said, that was really good, but you won't last. You can't keep that energy. Year later, with a broken hip, I'm still doing it. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to, to be a willing gift, not one grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. 
Some of us are missing out on the blessing of God because we're tight-fisted. We're, we're holding on. Even when God speaks, God will not ask you to do something that's going to hurt you or offend you or work something evil against you. He only wants to bless us. And sometimes because we sow so sparingly, we reap sparingly. Look what it says. The farmer, he plants only a few seeds and gets a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Verse 9 says this. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't, don't give reluctantly and respond to pressure. Ain't no pressure. No pressure, no pressure. It's like a flat tire. Ain't no pressure. Come on, man. I'm not begging. I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. No pressure. I just say, see what God puts on your heart. See what God says to you. Listen to the Lord and see what he'll do. Hallelujah. No pressure whatsoever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remember, and it says, respond, do, be, don't, it says, and don't give reluctantly or respond to pressure for God what? Wait a second now. God what? Man, if God loves him, I want to be doing what he loves. Don't you? I know there's seven things, that, six things that God hates in the book of Proverbs, and he said seven are abomination. I'm staying far as away, and I can't from those things. But when he says God loves, get me close to what the thing that God loves. I want to get close to what God loves. God loves. God loves. He's not forcing. He don't need your money anyway. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He made the earth and the fullness thereof. He don't need a dime. But God loves. Don't he? God loves. Hallelujah. A person who gives cheerfully. Wow. Am I reading the Bible? This is what the Bible says. God loves a cheerful giver. And God will generously, verse 8, God will generously provide you all you need. Then you always have everything you need and plenty left over. What do you have plenty left over for? What do you have plenty left over for? To share. To give. To be generous. So when God speaks to your heart, give. You say, man, I got it. Blessings on you. Blessings on that poor person. Blessing on the homeless. Blessing on the needy. Blessing on the youth. I got something to give because God's been blessing me. It's time to share. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Share with others. As the scripture says, they shared freely and gave generously to the poor. And their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is... Verse 10 says this, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer. That's a pretty good point. If a farmer ain't got no seed, he ain't got no farm. You got a land. You got a piece of land. But if you get seed and put it into the ground, 
You get a garden, you get a harvest, you get plenty, your cup up runneth over. God gives you the seed in the first place. You didn't get a job because you all you you got your all degrees at school. Some of you might think so, but guess what? God had his hand on you and allowed you to get that position. Say he didn't, watch out, he might take that job tomorrow. You have your box of your stuff on your desk. Because God has the seed. He's the seed giver. He gives us what we can give so we can be a blessing to others and to learn the character of God. This is God's heart is to give. God so loved the world that he, he's a giver from the get-go. Do we deserve what he gave us? No way, but that's the way he does it. I will bless you though you don't deserve it. God is a giver. Hallelujah. In the seed of the farmer for the bread, in the same way he'll provide increase for your resources and produce great harvest of your generosity in you. I'm getting close. We're getting close to those marin um, bearing pies. Come on. Yes, he will enrich you in every way so that you can always what? Verse 11. He will enrich you always. Yes, he will enrich you in every way so you can always what? Be, be, be greedy. Be tight. Not the good type. It's tight. I like tight. Things are tight. I'm talking about tight. Squeezing this thing. He said he will, he will enrich you so you can always be generous. And when we take your gift to those in need, they will thank God. When we have that blessing, when we can be able to bless others and, and do those things, the people around us are going to be like, we thank God. We thank Salem first. We thank the individual, but we know that every good and perfect gift comes down from the above, from the Father of lights, where there is no variable, it's neither shadow of turning. Every good gift, we thank God. Come on now. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity. And to them who all believe will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. They're like, they're walking this stuff. They ain't just like, bless you. you. You need a coat, but be warm and be filled. But hey, bro, I think I could get you a real coat, a nice coat. Matter of fact, I'll get you a sweet coat because the Lord blessed me and he gave me some where I got some where I've been given, where God has blessed me and now I can give to you so you can be blessed. And then guess what? You're going to bless somebody else too because one thing about blessings, it just ripples effect. Anybody ever been to Starbucks and they said the guy before you paid? You ever done that in drive through? They said, the dude paid for you. I don't know about you, but I always said, if they pay for me, I'll pay for the next guy because my drink is bigger anyway. It's contagious. There's something about giving. Even the world knows it's a blessing to give. Don't even know God. But they feel good about giving because it's in our DNA. It's part of the character of God. God made us in the image of God. In the image of God is a giver, not a hoarder and a taker, but a giver. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And they will, they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflow of grace God has given you. Now this last verse, verse 15. 
Um, I used to always use this verse when it, I thought about the Holy Spirit. It says, thank God for the gift too wonderful for words. How many know the Holy Spirit? You can say that about it. It's too wonderful for words. Having the Holy Spirit inside this earthen vessel. But God, if you go according to the text, as George tells me, I go by the text. According to the text, he said, thank God for this gift. What is it? A gift, a blessing where people gave wholeheartedly, that people gave cheerily, people gave enthusiastically, people gave willingly to the church in need. This gift was so beautiful that it's too wonderful for words. Hallelujah. I would love to see Salem be that way. Wouldn't it be tight? We could just say, that gift was so off the charts. Watch out, hip. So off the charts that we don't even have words to describe it because God laid on every one of our hearts something to give. We didn't just give because of numbers or give because of this, but we gave because God spoke to us. Hallelujah. Think about it. Too wonderful for words. I looked up other translations. King James says, unspeakable gift. The Amplified says, which is a precious beyond words gift. The message says, no language can promise, can praise it enough. No language can praise what? The gift that God's people gave to the church. No language could even describe it. The New King James says, the indescribable gift. The NIV says, the one... Um, uh, the gift, the wonderful, it's too wonderful for words. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look how patient Zach is. Isn't he cool? Oh, what a blessing, man. Thank you, bro. I got another five minutes. Is that all right? Do it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what we did, and I'm saying this, just hopefully, we understand that it's not about systems. It's not about plans and things. It's about God putting things on our heart. Because they said they gave themselves to the Lord first and to us. And then they came up with this amazing gift that helped the needy church. So when, when I brought it before the board, and I'm back to the board again. When we're in the board, we're sitting there and... and um, you know, I was telling them about Corinthians and, and telling them about let's fast to pray. They agreed to do it. And before they left, I said, look, don't be surprised if God does a quick thing on our debt. I said, don't be surprised. Did I say that, board? Okay. I got a witness, one of them. We'll get to you later on the next board meeting. No. And I said, don't be surprised if God blesses without and within, but it could happen quickly. The next morning, somebody say quickly. The next morning, George and I had a meeting with Merriam County. Think about it. We were, they were already talking about taking some of our property, putting a curb out there, right? We knew that, and they said it's going to happen around 19 or 2,000 or something. It wasn't really close. It seemed like it was in the future. But they came to us and gave us a proposal 
saying we want to buy that strip of land that you guys have out there. And George already estimated, said this is how much it should be. Well, when they gave us the price, George says, that's more than I even estimated. And when could that check be? Eight to nine weeks, the check's in the mail. And you know how much they offer for that piece of property? $33,000. Come on now. $33,000. The day we fasted, God answered the prayer. As soon as we set our mind to it, God says, I'm bigger and better than that. I will do exceedingly above what you ask or think anytime you put me first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I don't know about you, man. If my hip wasn't hurt, I'd be running them down those aisles so fast right now. You think about it. We were in debt, almost $12,000. Now we had a spending freeze that week. Guess what? After the board meeting, they said the spending freeze is off. Go ahead and spend your money. Unwisely, of course, not go up by a wise Come on now. We serve a mighty God. He's able to do exceedingly above. Before we can even ask for it, the check's in the mail, baby. Come on. Zach, you don't have to go look for another job yet. And I, and I suggested to the board, I said, look, this is only the tip of the iceberg. Because look, when, you have, when we have like a thousand people in here, the bills are going to get bigger, the things are going to get harder, but we need to do the right thing instead of getting a system of how we can manipulate people or do things or see what we can change the hand of God. We could seek God. Cry out to him, get his direction, and watch him move in a powerful way. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Come on now. We got Lauren and Dennis in here. They've seen miracles like this almost every other week almost. Because people, when you're willing to step out in faith, and I'm not talking about a crazy, stupid idea. Oh, I think I need this, so I'm going to do this. I'm talking about just trusting God and believing God. Because God's going to do things in this building. I believe he's going to upgrade our building. He's going to paint our gym. I'd like to see, and this is my visionary. I ain't gone to the board, so don't, don't let the board, don't, don't go to the board. Andrew's doing all this. I'm not. I'm just envisioning this. I see it with my eyes. I see a gym with a real hardwood floor. I see an electronic sign out there preaching the gospel to everybody that goes by on Silverton Road in bright letters saying we love you and God loves you. I see new lighting in the building. I see new carpet all over. I see three vans out there picking up all the Condoleezza that keep coming because we treated them fairly and justly. Amen. I see new staff members. I see, I see a person that's going to be on staff, and his only job is to help the homeless, a pastor over the homeless, where he can meet their needs and point them to directions and help them. I see a, a, a youth room that would become a youth center with high-tech stuff, upgrades, upgrades. Is that all right? Come on now. You got to see it. You got to believe it, and you got to trust God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because here's why. Jesus is not on control where survival mode. He don't even have that switch. A lot of us turn to the switch. Okay, survival mode, freeze the pain, do this, do that, do that. We turn the switch on survival mode. Jesus don't even got that on his dial. He's on a building mode. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail. I'm a builder. I'm the chief architect. And if you go to me, I will get her done. Get her done. So don't be surprised. You can join us on Wednesdays after this Wednesday because I know you want your ribs. You could join us as a team, as a body, pray and ask God, what do you want us to do? We're asking God even for a sacrificial gift for me, for us leaders, what God would speak to our heart. No pressure. The tire's flat. You just say, God, what do you want to do? Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before we close in prayer, I would like to just give opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to get to know this amazing God that's got your back, that wants to get you through the hardest times and bring you into a place of destiny and prosperity, if you want Jesus to come in your life, Raise your hand and, and raise it high because we, we're given an opportunity for that. If you want Jesus to come into your life today, we don't want to be missing those opportunities. I know we talked about offering, but guess what? The greatest offering ever made to man was Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, let's raise our hands. Let's raise our hands. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for providing for us, Lord. I thank you for the faith that you're going to give us that we're going to trust you, believe you to the very end, Lord. You're going to build this church. You're going to do amazing things in this community, Father. You love these people. You love our church. You love this community. You love our nation. You love the world. So, Father, help us to be everything that you called us to be. But give us a sensitive ear to what does the Lord want to tell us to do. I pray give us hearts of generosity, hearts of free will, ones that will cheerfully give, not grudgingly, but... Father, from our hearts, I pray that you'll bless us as we do that. And we give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget the pie.